If you'd like to get one of the new Aura Rings which we are discussing in today's podcast, you can get a discount using the code BIOHACKERSLAB at checkout. So go along, choose the ring that you want, and when you go to buy it, just type in the code BIOHACKERSLAB in the discount or coupon code area, and you'll get a nice discount. Welcome to Biohackers Lab, a place where we talk to smart people who are figuring out how to improve health in interesting ways. Join us to discover how you can biohack your life, your body, starting today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Biohackers Lab. I'm your host, Gary Kerwin, and on today's episode, I have Petri Lachtela. Petri is a co-founder and CEO of Aura Health. Aura is the world's first wellness ring and app based on how your body responds to your lifestyle. It guides you to improve sleep, health, and readiness to perform. Petri, thank you so much for coming on for today. Thank you for inviting me. It's, it's a pleasure to be here with yeah, you. So, so we were just speaking offline before we started recording this, how excited I am to talk about the special aura ring, which I'm wearing if anyone's watching on the YouTube video, because yeah. I only got mine a few months ago. Yeah, I have I have two. Actually, I'm, I'm normally I'm wearing three, so... Oh, wow. <laughs> so, so I have two of this one, and this is the new, new one. Is that just because you don't trust each ring? <laughs> no, actually, I'm I'm uh, testing continuously kind of new features, and and so so it, it wearing two rings, uh, I I have possibility to test different kind of things. Yeah, I'm joking, but that would be fascinating. I mean, I don't think I've ever met anyone else who owns two rings, so you get to see. If the if the one ring says the exact same information as the other ring, exactly, and yes. does it? I've been doing it for about three years, and they are really close to each other. But but we've noticed that there is some anatomical difference. Of course, heart is on the left side, and also the body body uh, kind of uh, blood pressure even varies to some extent, depending on where, especially when you sleep, and, and there there can be small differences there in the in the signals. Okay, I think I'm going to ask you about that in a little bit because uh, mm. that's that's already a fascinating question. I'm just thinking about there, but yes. before we get into into some of the deep, juicy stuff about the ring and what it can do to improve our sleep, could you just give listeners a little bit of a brief history timeline of Aura the ring? So I believe you started off with the Kickstarter campaign and where you where you've got to today. Yeah, actually, we started about 2011, 2012. Um, a bunch of of guys with about 20 years of experience in, from different areas. And we started exploring uh, different kind of solutions that how we could help people understand that how they recover from their daily mental and physical strain. So we really wanted to provide the means and kind of a simple solution for people to, to kind of self-reflect what's happening in their body. And, and, and that way, give them a tool that would help them to understand better that what they can do to improve the recovery, uh, physical, mental, cognitive, and, and then perform well and stay healthy. Mm-hmm. So we started exploring different kind of existing solutions. Of course, we had used all the Polar products basically ever since they've existed. So they had their first wireless heart rate monitor in 1997, 1977 actually. And this is another uh, Finnish company, isn't it? For yeah, actually, who doesn't from the same from the same city as where we come from. Okay. From so everyone in that city wears a polar heart strap. Uh, basically, at least they have worn it some someday. <laughs> definitely, that's okay. for sure. Cool. And actually, one of our our core guys has been a principal scientist of polar for eighteen years. So 
whoever buys the Polar product or uses the Polar product, uh, they, those the algorithms inside are basically developed by this Hannu Kinnonen, who is our chief scientific officer okay. uh, these days. Hannu has developed the algorithms on the O-ring as well. So, so we we kind of explored different kind of existing wearables, existing solutions, uh, deep, dig deeper into the all the biophysical physiological signals that we would need from the body to understand autonomic nervous system and balance and, and dynamics, and and also the how how we can affect it, and and um, so we developed. Uh, different kind of prototypes uh, measuring from the different parts of the body. So so also uh, using different kind of sensors. So of course, heart rate belt is, is really, um, I've been wearing it that so much that I, it even kind of burned my, my sides. <laughs> so so they were, uh, my, my wife was, was laughing at me that, are you serious? <laughs> You're wearing it continuously so that you burn your sides. Wow. I've yeah. never heard of anyone yeah, getting strap burned from wearing their heart, heart rate yeah. monitor. If you do it three weeks continuously, you get it. <laughs> there we go. That's a good tip for listeners. Make sure that you don't wear your heart strap too long. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So, so we kind of realized that it's not a viable solution for long-term data access. Of course, it's very accurate, but but we we took it as as a kind of a, one of the golden standards uh, that we we wanted to be in the same level with the ring in the signal accuracy. But the wearing comfort had to be much much better, so that we could get people wearing it uh, for a long time, so months and years, and and get continuous access twenty four seven to those those biosignals. Mm-hmm. So. So it was a long way to to end up into into what what the ring is uh, the generation one ring became. So so there are so many technical challenges when we started. Even the the CPU with the Bluetooth functionality it was too big for a ring form factor at when we started. But fortunately, it it evolved during the time when we generated new prototypes and so on. And of course, we couldn't do custom battery uh, for for this because we we should have ordered two hundred thousand pieces of those custom batteries from Samsung or someone uh, doing them. So it wasn't possible that time. So it was, let's say, very challenging to make a design and wearing comfort that people would would really wear it. And also that the um, why we ended up developing a ring instead of any other kind of wrist device or anything else because on our fingers we have two arteries on the palm side of each finger and also the ring is is one of the oldest wearables in the world so people get comfortable with the ring very easily mm-hmm. and it doesn't disturb especially during the night it doesn't disturb and and also from the measurement point of view it's very valid place uh, this good access to the blood volume pulse, the arterial blood volume pulse, and also from the body temperature variation perspective, it's it's a very good place to measure over the night. And and um, no difference to to having a gyro and three D accelerometer between wrist and and uh, finger. We can get even even let's say 
uh, in more detail level uh, of even finger finger uh, movements, uh, small movements, and that kind of stuff. So, and you so knew we, all of this before you did you developed the ring, or did uh, you? no? Actually, we found out many of them, especially this body temperature reading. We didn't. It was kind of a. It was a surprise for ourselves as well that how accurate it is, because it is thermometer level accuracy, zero point zero zero point zero seven uh, degrees centigrade resolution that we can get on the body temperature variation over the night between the nights. Uh, so, so it was a surprise, and also it was also a little bit surprise in that sense that how useful it is uh, for kind of sleep onset latency and, and, and also even in the context of um, understanding the recovery parameters. So having HRV, breathing variance, and all the pulse waveform-related characteristics that we can derive, but also also having the temperature changes. So so those combined, they they are much more useful than, than any of those signals alone. Okay. And so that so you it sounds like you had to go through quite a process then to get the ring, and then once you came up, so this version one that we're both wearing on the on the mm. camera for anyone watching, mm. that's mm. what you kicked off the first campaign was, and was that twenty? Yes. What year was that? It was actually we launched. Uh, we we came from the stealth uh, to um, let's say started telling about our company and, and the product in a launch. He launched festival in San Francisco, 2015 March. Okay, we were invited there, and then then we started going to the quantified self happenings and all kind of uh, sleep conference and that kind of places with it, and, and did lots of uh, uh, footwork uh, to go to people to understand more about their their actual needs and the use meaningful use cases, and then in autumn. Um, so August and September um, 2015, we had a Kickstarter campaign, 37 days, and we got 2,400 orders, $650,000. Uh, That's a good campaign. Yeah, in the, in the Kickstarter campaign. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so, so and then we started deliveries in, in the beginning of December, end of, end of November, beginning of December 2015. Okay. So yeah, it's been so it sounds like the rings more been available to the public since about late 2015 then. Yes, and actually the the volume deliveries after the Kickstarter started in spring 2016. Okay. So and then kind of first podcast we did was with Ben Greenfield during the Kickstarter campaign he contacted us and we had a good chat with him and and um, so that was that was the kind of one of the one of the things that that happened during the process as well and so i'm just thinking then did you develop the first ever sleep wearable ring tracker ring or were were there already rings out there sleep wearable rings no there weren't any any rings that would measure basically any biosignals or sleep or anything like that so you broke you broke ground here you made you guys were the leaders in this yes this is this is the first ever ring that measures your sleep and and those relevant biosignals also hrv and 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 they have been some 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 uh, maybe japanese or some rings that that measure heart heart rate and and there used to be some very old project in um, 
in MIT as well. It was maybe 20 years ago already. Um, so they had they had even some some patents on on that, but they have they have expired already. They they were expired already when we started. But it was for for just specific uh, kind of a medical application, but and never never came as a product. So it was a, more like a research project and a theory of having having a ring. So so this is this is really the first one that that actually combines this kind of functionality into into the ring form factor. Well, that's very cool to know, and it sh- shows why you're you're sort of um, being the leader in this industry too, because. Um, yeah, people searching for sleep trackers now they'll see that there's other type of rings potentially coming up. But that's where, in your case now, you've had the time to test and see what happens and the the product, and to get the data and find out what works, what maybe doesn't work. And that leads me on to my next question, which you've already touched on a little bit, which is the accuracy. Because mm. when mm. when everyone when anyone is going to wear a, a health wearable. They want to, they're trying to measure their own body. So they need to know how accurate it is compared to say like a medical test. And in your case, what is a aura ring compared to like medically wise? Like the sleep tracking data in an aura is compared to what in a sleep? Polysomography. Yeah. So, so I can go, go through step by step. So, so, um, we we are really willing to provide a meaning meaningful solution for people and 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 in every step we want to validate all these all the signals from the raw signals to derived signals we want to validate them against the golden standards so therefore um starting from the pulse waveform and the and the interbeat interval uh, uh and the pulse amplitude variation so all the characteristics of the arterial pulse waveform uh, that has been validated against the ECG, and the the heart rate and heart rate variability they are really close to, to the uh, ECG quality. Uh, so heart rate is is ninety nine point point nine percent the same. HRV is ninety eight point four percent same as as ECG, and then um, uh, the uh, temperature sensor has been tested against the cold and standard methods, having a kind of a sensors inside your body. Uh, don't ask where you put them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I can, uh, yeah, let, let people's imagination figure out how yeah. do you sense, how do you yeah. figure out the temperature inside someone's body? Yes, yeah. but they are used in clinical context and, and so on. So, so and, and that's comparable again, did you say? Yes, it is yeah. 0.07 degrees centigrade resolution that we get and also it's it's as accurate as measuring with the thermometer under your tongue, for example. It's or, as accurate as that. Yes, it is that accurate. Oh wow, that's. Yes. I'm yes. already just thinking hospital settings where they, you know, you could have a patient wearing this, laying in a bed, and just yes. pulling data off as they're yes. laying there. That's- but it is only during the night because you know, in our biology, uh, when we when the body reaches the lowest body temperature, it is around 4 a.m., 4.30 a.m., depending on your chronotype and hormonal balance and, and sleep quality and many other things. But but around that time, your body reaches the lowest body temperature. And then when you go to sleep, uh, when you lay down, uh, it's a basic functionality of your body to put push uh, the core 
body temperature to the peripheria. So that's why your hands and, and feet warm up when you go to sleep. And, and uh, some people even have problems in that. So if, if their feet are too cold, they can't, can't fall asleep. Uh, so, so that is what happens. And therefore, uh, finger actually is a really good, and the palmar side of the finger is really good place to measure that. And, and when the body reaches the lowest body temperature um, in the morning hours, then the skin temperature and body temperature are the same. So that is the most valid point to measure measure your body temperature. Uh, but during the day, of course, there's a big difference of your skin temperature and body core body temperature. So during the day, even even though the ring measures your uh, skin temperature every minute, twenty four hours. 24 7 um, we just use it basically during the night time so when you reach the lowest body temperature okay so that's and, and then bit, yeah. between the nights then you see the trend that that how it varies and that's that's why we can also show the menstrual cycles uh, for women as well very accurately and that is separately uh, clinically validated as well Wow, that's incredible. So you could, so, cause a lot of ladies do do, um, body temperature testing, especially during, um, fertility times. Yes. And yes. they're trying to see when they're ovulating and what's going yes. on with their cycles. Yes. And you're saying that the accuracy with the ring, with the temperature control, these women will get access to that data. Yes. Yes. It is, it is the same accuracy as, as measuring from under the tongue, like they normally do. Yeah. Like in case of natural cycles or. Okay. Point of those applications, it's the same accuracy. So we have validated against against is this, that. So, because so I've got version one of the ring with the app on my phone, and I, yes. I do sometimes log into the cloud option, which is on the desktop computer. Yes, yes. This information that you're talking about now is this only accessible on the cloud option no, on the desktop, or is no, it it's the temperature on... ter- temperature trend is shown in the app as well. Okay. All right. So that is the so we show only this one value over the night. So mm-hmm. that's the lowest, lowest body temperature, which is your your core body de- temperature okay. at night. Yeah, and and so that is the way how we how we go further from raw signals to to derived signals. And of course, sleep quality and 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 sleep staging is one of the most important kind of derived signals. So sleep staging, we've been uh, working with several. Uh, uh, international big players and, and important lab labs and sleep labs and research organizations to to really dig deeper into the understanding that okay how we can make those uh, biosignals what we get from the finger how we can make make them match with the polysomography and we are we are doing that continuously uh, with different kind of uh, uh, people and and so on so we we are working with sleep labs uh, to get continuous data uh, from the ring and from the polysomography and we do also ourselves um, uh, so every one of our employees basically <laughs> and even some of our investors go to the sleep lab every now and then and, and uh, or they have a kind of home measurement devices that we can get uh, EEG, EOG, ENG and breathing uh, measurements and and, and also pulse oximeter and, and so on. So, so we do this kind of thing continuously. And, and also the ring is, is, um, 
validated uh, independently also by Stanford Research Institute. So actually, they bought two rings from our Kickstarter campaign. They didn't tell us anything. We didn't know. But they only bought two rings. Uh, we, you know, we have eight sizes. Mm-hmm. And they bought two rings, but they have around 40, more than 40 uh, young adults in their validation study. And, and of course, the r- two rings, they weren't the right sizes for all of them. Uh, but still the results were really good. So this is one, this is the first wearable, uh, that could show this, these good results. Uh, this is, this is what they told us. And this is, there is an article. They did an article about it. And, and, uh, and it's, uh, it's, uh, released in, in behavioral sleep medicine. Okay. So. Yeah, that's fantastic. So what I'm hearing here is that you're continuously testing the data and the information from the ring against the polysonography, sonography. Yes. Sonography, yes. Yeah, and also you've had a university like Stanford who've also then validated that, yeah, this thing does work. It's, you know, the information that comes from it is good. So, because, you know, what got me interested originally with the ring was actually heart rate variability. Yes. So I realized that... um, yeah, I don't want to wear a chest strap twenty four hours a day, yeah. and yes. now get now I find out you get ch- yeah strap burn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so because I wanted to know, like, could I see my heart rate variability throughout the day, and sort of because I was more interested, can I do certain things to influence it? And then that's when I found out, oh no, you could wear this ring, and it actually tells you your heart rate variability, and ended up down the rabbit hole with yes, uh, yes, with aura yes. ring, but exactly. And that's where you were saying now your your HRV rate um, measurements are like ninety eight percent or whatever it was accurate. So, ninety eight ninety eight point four percent. Yeah, so I love it? I love hearing that that's super accurate. And yes. then I am even more excited because I guess I'm jumping the gun here a little bit with one of my questions. But with version two, which is the new ring coming out, yes, the smaller wing that you're showing yes. there with the silver yes. one, that yes. that gives us more access to hrv ratings too doesn't it the heart rate variability rating compared yes. to what you get on version one yes actually we started developing this already december 2015 so we have been developing for two almost two and a half years already and now now we have a here custom custom battery and and those sensors that that access your arteries they we have had them kind of proprietary methods and proprietary uh way to to measure and access accurately all the time but now we have improved them even even more so that we get at least 10 times stronger signal and and, and also even more accurate uh pulse waveform uh the pulse amplitude variation and all all the characteristics of the pulse waveform and the time between the heartbeats and so on so also during the day so so first in the first uh, version we concentrated on the core meaningful use cases which was uh, recovery from daily mental and physical strain sleep quality and, and resting heart rate heart rate variation during the night breathing breathing rate and, and those those things and then getting activity intensities and timing of activities during the day with the accelerometer okay and so because i guess now does that mean is that like I was interested in testing heart rate variability and then linking to an app? Would is there a potential then I I could use the Aura as like a heart rate variability monitor and connect it to a heart rate variability app to 
to do that yeah. or even yeah, use the that, app itself? That may, be, that may be possible. So we have different APIs uh, to, to connect. Currently, uh, the major use cases or, or the, the major inter- integrations to other systems. For example, Clue, uh, this, mes- this uh, female health company, they have integrated through our cloud interface. So they get, get all the necessary data from the cloud because they don't have need for, let's say, real-time data or, or any, anything like that. But with Generation Touring, uh, that kind of use cases will be possible as well. But we have done special cases with generation one ring as well so actually in our app uh, and if you if you take a look on our kickstarter video we, we there we already showed that we have an engineering view that we can stream the the data raw data uh through bluetooth to the mobile but of course it takes lots of battery uh from from the ring so so we didn't enable that uh for the for the users eventually because it drains the battery so quickly but now this the generation touring is is uh the power management is much much better so even even if the battery uh capacity is half of the first generation uh we can do 10 times more uh heart rate monitoring and this pulse flame recognition so basically this will will measure up to 12 to 14 hours continuously if you're everything, all the characteristics of your pulse waveform uh, during of of twenty four hours of of period, so 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 you can think that let's say most all the basically uh, kind of viable times when when it's viable to measure your heart rate and heart rate variability and all the related things, it measures those automatically and. Um, and still, it can go up to seven days with one charge. Okay, so it's it's so out of a twenty-four hour period, the ring is doing the more intense measurements over. You said the version two ring will be doing it over a twelve to fourteen hour period. Is it? Is that yes. what I understood? Yes, actually, yeah, actually, generation one ring concentrated on the measurements during the night. And so, so it measures it yeah. measures every beat, the time between the heartbeats, and so on. So it doesn't take only samples per minute or something like that but with 250 hertz uh resolution it it measures every beat and 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 so all over the night and also it measures the hrv every for every five minute period it calculates the hrv when you're asleep yeah Yeah. when you are sleeping but then during the night uh, during the day uh this generation one ring it only measured automatically uh in the cases like if you took naps or or something like that, but the app didn't show them. But we have been collecting that data in the cloud as well ah. to see that how valid measurements they are during the day and, and what kind of uh, meaningful use cases we can build on that. So so we've been collecting that data. So we have customers in more than 50 countries and mil- we have millions of days and nights and body responses in the, in the cloud so now we've been able to dig deeper into those insights and, and uh, then use that data and insights in developing the next generation and, and additional use cases, uh, mainly to reflect uh, your recovery status and your readiness status. Uh, so what you can do during the day uh, after you've slept. So what you can do during the day to improve your readiness as well and how your daily doings are affecting your readiness. 
and and that kind of stuff. Yeah, because that's the way the ring was explained to me too. <clears throat> is that when someone wears it, like I'll wake up in the morning and I'll, I'll whilst the I I do it that as the ring is charging, I sync it to the phone to yeah. to do the data update, and then the reading I get from my phone on the app is kind of warning me, hey, you had a good night's sleep, you're ready to take on the day, or hey, no, you know, it wasn't so good, you need a back off activity, or hmm. you know, change some sort of habit that you did yesterday that influenced you, so. It, so mm. the way is that for anyone who doesn't use the ring, it's not that you you have to wait for the data like a night to then mm. see the next day. Mm. And what I'm excited about to hear with version two, with generation two ring, is that I might have access to even some of the live data mm. potentially. Mm. So yes. in a way, I could do a little bit of biohacking, a little bit of you know understanding of my situation now, like mm. some HRV training. But then I could char- make sure the ring's charged up, but then it's going to still do some good measurements later to, uh, over the mm. night as I'm sleeping. And then mm. tomorrow it will say, hey, you ha- you did have good recovery. Or mm. I- I'm seeing like multi-purpose use out of this, which is very cool. Yes, yes, exactly. So so then if you have certain kind of protocol that you would like to do some tests uh, during the day as well, uh, yeah. kind of uh, how your body responds to what you've eaten or how you work out or or workouts or whatever. So how quickly you recover or how your body responds to those things, then that, that will be possible. So, uh, so the, the, if you think this generation two as a platform, so now when the hardware is delivered to our users uh, who have bought it, uh, so the product will be evolving. So the software, the firmware software inside the ring which is updated through Bluetooth uh, from the mobile. Whenever you you update the the mobile software, then then you always get some new features there as well. So that has been the the way how we've been bringing new features all the time uh, in the case of Gen Gen One as well. But now we have even more use cases for this generation two ring for the daytime uh, functionalities as well. That's very cool to hear. So it means. I didn't realize that you, it, like a phone, most people think with their smartphone that, mm. yeah, it needs updates. You know, the apps need updates mm. or whatever. And mm. I, I didn't know with the ring that you can actually update the ring because there's no other connection other than charging. But yes. you're saying that, yeah, the ring itself is going to just be like getting a new phone. Mm. and But this phone can update itself. So the ring is yes. going to be able to update itself and yes. your phone. Yes. It, uh, exactly. So it, you're actually going to get more benefit as you unlock more features as a company or figure out more stuff and make it more efficient. Exactly. Exactly. That's the, that's exactly the way. So, so we have many, many software developers, developers in our company, and that is the software development is the kind of biggest thing anyhow. Mm. So that's the, that's how we bring up the features. And it's, it's a cool feature to be able to update the ring software through the Bluetooth connection. Yeah. Cause it means, you know, I'm going to say this, you're like better than Apple where I have to buy a new phone every 12 months to try make sure that, <laughs> that it works. Yes. <laughs> Whereas yes. with an aura ring, yes, hopefully I can invest my money in it, but get lots of use out of it for potentially quite a few years, hopefully yes. as, as long yes. as the technology is working. Cause that, yes. that's already got me. One, one of my questions was to ask you like, what's going to happen with the generation one rings and like the support, mm-hmm. um, are they going to still be supported? Will they still work or is yes. there going to be a cutoff date that they stop working? Yeah, they, they will definitely work as long as someone wants to, wants to wear them. Of course they will, they will work and we will support them as well. 
but yep, not, yep. not all the kind of daytime functionalities mm. will be available because the battery capacity and and also the kind of measurement uh, during the day, the accuracy is not that good. Uh, I mean, the, the signal quality is mm. not that good for all the purposes. So so in that sense, Generation 2 brings much more opportunities. And, and also that we are ready to, whoever that kind of app, app provider um, who is using HRV or other, other biosignals, then we are re- really happy to collaborate with them as well so that we could we could help accessing those very relevant biosignals and and do meaningful applications on top of that mm-hmm. so you I, know you know there are plenty of kind of use cases in in weight management stress management um performance uh, optimization so there are multiple in meditation uh, get, Everywhere where the biofeedback is useful and, and uh, getting accurate access to those those very necessary biosignals. So there are lots of meaningful applications, but I don't think we have capacity to do all those <laughs> ourselves. <laughs> yeah, well, there's so many yeah offsets from each one and specialities within each. I mean, yes. the, the world yes. of recovery, as you mentioned, which was your primary goal, yes. is gigantic. Like what yes. you're measuring, all these bio, biometric markers of someone. Right? Yes. Um, yes. And that is always an important thing, which I love that you've touched on, is that most people don't think of the importance of recovery. Like they'll think, mm. no, I, I've got to have a hard workout or mm. I've got to work out so often or do something so often in, in conscious time. But a lot of good things happen if you have very good unconscious time, which is like your sleep time. Mm, and if exactly. you can optimize that, that like takes your health to a new level. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And also like like balancing your the intensity of your activities so that if if your sleep wasn't that good, then it's no use going to the gym and do very high intensity activity. But actually it would be good to have maybe long walk. So not not that intensive, but something that helps you to recover anyhow. So not not just laying laying on your sofa or something like that, but but doing still being active, but but not challenging you know, the the capacity too much uh, in such kind of cases. So so this kind of understanding that okay, what is my capacity today, and and also that how how my body responds to to stretching my limits. An ability to self-reflect, uh, so so Aura provides the means to do that kind of self-reflection. So understanding that what is good for me, so how much I can challenge my my autonomic nervous system and my my body with my doings, and and still I know that okay, how I can recover from from this, and and it's kind of a direct analogy to top athletes that how they increase their capacity over the time. So they, when they have capacity, they, they stretch to the limits, go over the limit and then take care of very good recovery. And then again, they go to the limits. And, and so this way they can maintain or, or even increase the capacity of their autonomic nervous system and, and have lots of dynamics there. So, so whenever the, the energy and performance is needed they can get it from get it out from their body mm. and i'm even thinking because I, I that will be the one spectrum where you'll have a high-end athletes or people people are very active but yeah. you'll even have the opposite side of things where people are sick 
and they're trying yes. to recover and you, they could still yes. use the information from the ring to see like their temperature, how well they slept, yes. their heart rate variability, yes. respiration, yes. all these other factors to say like, are you getting well? Because I loved it. Um, when I got the ring, I was in the US on the West Coast and I had mm. quite a hectic schedule. I was really mm. burning the midnight oil and it was mm. fascinating mm. to see what I did with the ring. But then yes. when I came back, I had a fever because I, yeah. I, I, I just broke myself and uh, yes. I, I got a, my, I must have hammered my immune system. But mm. I found that, so I've, I've had a chance to, to N equals one test the ring with a fever. And mm. it was amazing to see how my temperature and everything changed when I went yes. sick. So, yes. I love yes. seeing that in myself, like, oh, yeah, no, yes. even the ring knows, yeah, something's not right. Yes, exactly. And also that uh, when you recover from illness, it's it's fascinating to see that uh, they are, like in the case of, of our chief scientific officer, Hannu Kinnunen, had, had the flu or something last December. And uh, uh, it was fascinating to see that uh, – when when his uh, resting heart rate came back to the normal and then body temperature next day get back to the normal level, it still took more than two weeks for the breathing rate during the night to get to the normal level. So it means that the inflammation in the lungs was still there. So he, he is practicing to, to marathons and, and so on. So so if, if he had got back to his normal training routines, he would have been sick again, so so it would would have been harmful uh, for him to to start training when there's still inflammation in his lungs. So all this kind of information is really useful for for athletes and and whoever wants to to kind of stay healthy and and also let's say if 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 they have limitations in their capacity, like like in case of chronic fatigue syndrome, for example. We have we have many of those uh, users in US, uh, and and we are doing we are, we are collaborating in the research uh, with with chronic fatigue patients, and they have also found it very useful uh, to see the readiness score and their body responses, because their their autonomic nervous system capacity is so limited, so that if they go even a little bit over the limit and stretch too much. They may end up hospitalized for three weeks or whatever. So it's, it's very important for them to understand that, okay, what's my capacity for today and how I can keep maintain or even step by step increase my capacity. Mm. Yeah. That's, I love that, you know, cause you've, um, I love that you've also said that respiration rate because just so maybe I can understand properly and listeners can understand. So they're thinking, no, but how does a ring on my finger know when I'm breathing in or out? And <laughs> it's not measuring, it's not by my mouth. So how does it know air is coming in or out of my lungs? Yes. And, but the ring's on my finger. But that comes back to those little sensors on, on the inside of the ring and that pulse wave that you're talking yes. about with the artery. So yes. we have a change in that in that yes. wavelength that, yes. and it knows like breath in, does this to the arteries, yes. breath out, does yes. that to the arteries. Exactly, exactly. Okay. That's the interplay. So the, the, so we can derive it from, from the interbeat interval, the time between heartbeats, and, and also the pulse waveform variation. Mm-hmm. So, so, um, so we get really good, good reading of that. Uh, and it's, it's really important parameters. So that's what we have learned as well, that how indicative it is in, in this kind of cases. Even, even if, if you're, just mental stress level is is kind of challenging your immune system. 
then your breathing rate may may raise and and it it affects a little bit also your sleeping patterns. You don't get that much deep sleep or something. So so there's some some imbalance. So you know that then your body is challenged by this this mental pressure. So so then you should do something to to balance it or get rid of that. So and and uh, and then find uh, find uh, the level of intensity for the activities that you do that you are not kind of burning the candle from both ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm you know. Uh... I haven't released the episode yet, but I've I interviewed um, someone related to mitochondrial health. Yeah, and what I'm hearing, and you know, the idea is that yeah, we've these little things in our body produce energy, and that's what you know helps us do things. And mm. in a way, you could potentially think of using the aura ring as a way to quantify your mitochondrial health because you're mm. quantifying mm. your a little bit of your energy levels, like how how much energy do you have today? You know. Yes. Exactly. And I, I like that. I like yes, that and actually, actually, we have doctors and uh, um, and medical professionals who have uh, who who use continuous blood glucose monitoring devices as well with the ring, and they have found found really good correlation on the glucose long term kind of glucose glucose values and the readiness score. So they go really hand in hand so so readiness score is is actually quite good indicator of of your energy level as well okay that's interesting so um the what i'm hearing there is that the tests might show that if you have raised sugar levels glucose mm. levels mm. that what's going to happen to your readiness score is it going to go down or yeah it's go, it goes down so, so it's so, an inverse also, relationship yeah so if you yeah. you're diabetic yeah. And you have high sugar levels, hmm. your readiness score will not be so good. No, exactly. Yeah. Because it, it raises your resting heart rate and you, and, and your heart rate variation goes down. It even affects your sleeping patterns through because of that as well. So it's kind of a continuous imbalance in your internal organs that challenges. So it's kind of a stressor that challenges you in continuous basis. Uh, so it's kind of a prolonged state of imbalance, and and um, there there are interesting studies actually done also in Finland with with healthy young um, firemen. So they limited their sleep time for eight, from eight hours to six hours, and in in a week already they could measure all the signals of or the symptoms of of chronic disease. So their blood pressure has raised, their insulin level was higher than normally. And, and um, if they had measured also sleep quality and related biosignals there, they could have seen changes there, more restless sleep and, and more wakefulness and that kind of stuff, uh, longer onset time and, and sleep onset time, that kind of stuff. Uh, and maybe wakefulness even during the night in certain time periods, which indicates the imbalance in, in the internal organs. Uh, so, and after, after two weeks in stat, that study, their cognitive performance was in the level of, of, uh, being drunk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but, but still the kind of mentally they were, um, they were thinking that they can perform at the same level as normally, but, but they were actually performing like, 
in drunk situation. Yeah, so that's a way to think. Oh, no, um, when people are working harder and they're cutting and they're eating into their sleeping time, they don't realize it's like um, boiling the frog. You know that saying where mm. the frog doesn't know yes. it's been boiled. And, exactly. exactly. And that's what's happening to your brain. You don't realize that the the deterioration that's happening through the sleep deprivation that you're going through. But the ring is able to try quantify and go, hey, what's up? You know, your baseline used to be pretty good and now something's going different here. Exactly. You're going exactly. down in scores. Exactly. So that is the, that's exactly what we wanted the ring to be able to reflect back to you, that now the trends are are going down. So so you should do something. Your sleep quality is getting poorer. Your resting heart rate is raising steadily. Your heart rate variation is going down. Maybe body temperature is not normal. The sleep is more restless. So there are many, many things that as a combination of those biosignals and those, uh, the hypnogram of your sleep, uh, they, they are very indicative about, uh, the kind of internal organs uh, balance as well. So I love it that, um, already that sort of sugar level diabetes link that we were talking about there. Because with all the data that you're pulling in, you're probably, it's, it's kind of like one of those new age internet-y things where you think, how did it know that of me? Like Google, you know, when it yes. shows you an ad, like how did exactly. it want to <laughs> And yes. I'm kind of thinking here with Aura, the amount of information you're able to get, you're going to start be able to characterize certain disease conditions, potentially mm. go, hey, you know, you're starting to look like you've got X syndrome or Y yes. disease or something because yes. your biometric markers that we measure are all falling into this category. Is yes. that is that something that you guys are like data mining or collaborating with research studies to, yes. to get that information we are, out? We are, yes. And and, uh, and that is the direction we, we where we are going and what we are kind of exploring because there are multiple medical applications there as well, but this is not a medical device yet. But fortunately in our team, many of us, we have experience in developing medical devices as well. So so that is a sp- possible possible way to go as well so that we could get an FDA approval for, for these biosignals as well and, and then build some medical applications there as well. So it would become a very comfortable way to, to measure very, very meaningful things in a, in a long, longitudinal way so that then you can see that there's something happening to, uh, when compared to your baseline. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then it would enable this kind of preventative uh, way to, to, yeah, prevent the onset of chronic diseases and, and even, even just avoid the symptoms of prolonged stress and then avoid all those, uh, kind of car accidents and, and, and those, uh, let's say inefficiency in the workplaces and that. So there's lots of very meaningful things that, that we could do with this, this simple way of getting very accurate access to those biosignals. Yeah, and again, especially when someone's wearing it all the time. Um, yes, yes, you're getting exactly. you're getting some juicy information from people's physiology. Yes, exactly, and 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 actually, we've been some of our users have been contacting us that that could you dig deeper into the data in in, in my cloud and and find out that what's what's wrong with me. Yeah, and and uh, we've been able to help them get the diagnosis for sleep apnea and. And, uh, and some different kind of things, uh, that are ongoing in their body. So we have, we have said that you, you better go to sleep lab now. It seems yeah. like there's long term 
long-term imbalance in these these sign signals, and and uh, you better go to see your doctor and, and uh, do a sleep study. Okay. So how that's um, what do sleep scientists think of the aura ring? Like some of the sleep lab doctors, have they given any comment to you what they think of the device? Yeah, actually, many many doctors use our product uh, with their clients in continuous basis. Especially in, in Silicon Valley, we have uh, like Dr. Peter Attia and, and 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 also that we are working with uh, several universities, university hospitals, and 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 so and sleep clinics and so on. So there are plenty of people and plenty of doctors who already use the ring with their clients because it's so comfortable way to get access to very meaningful signals and and especially this longitudinal access to those signals they understand the meaning of them that how how they can really help prevent more severe situations for those people yeah that's um strange and i just want um another question i hadn't asked when it was when we were talking about the measurements i'm still blown away how does this ring know when i've fallen asleep and when i've woken up <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Again, so, like I mentioned with the res- respiration rates, you know, it's not yeah. watching my mouth breathe in and out. So how does it yes. know when I've actually gone to sleep? Or yeah, is that so proprietary? They, they are, yeah, there is a certain change in, in those biosignals that happens when you go to sleep. One of the, the biggest chains, very visible chains, is your body temperature. So so uh, when you lay down and, and you start to, to fall asleep, then the melatonin uh, secretion has caused this this uh, this biological function that that the core body temperature is pressing to, towards the the periphery, and and then from the finger we can we can detect that, and also that that your movements uh, uh, can slow down and and also also your um, heart rate starts to go down a little bit. And and then um, uh, the breathing pattern is is changing. So there are there is very specific change in all those biosignals that we measure, and 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 then uh, diff- in different sleep stages, all those signals also have certain patterns. characteristics. And yeah, patterns. certain characteristics and patterns, and and that is exactly what we kind of. Um, find out when comparing to the polysomography that how it's interpreted from the EEG, EOG, EMG. So we get get the reading from autonomic nervous system, how, how your autonomic nervous system is reflecting those signals uh, as well. So And then kind of a, how the central nervous system, so your brain and your heart are kind of discussing with each other to the vagal nerve and so on. So, so we get get access from the finger and through autonomic nervous system reactions to all those things and and then can derive the same insights and and uh, to some extent even deeper insights because also we have the body temperature reading and the movements and and from the periphery so mm. we get even the slightest uh movements and so on so so that that is the way. Of course, there's lots of algorithms work that needs to be done, and and this kind of correlation to the best golden standards to be able to do that. Yeah. So yeah, that's all maths again, using all this information to put it all together to go. Yep, person's fallen asleep. Right yes. Now and then, person's woken up. 
yes and when all the different stages of of the sleep were yes yeah. exactly <laughs> and and then doing it in the ring because you know this everything happens here in the ring yeah so you don't need your mobile phone it doesn't need anything else to calculate it so so it was a huge achievement also to to be able to use the the very small memory and and the processor to do those algorithms there uh so now now with the the second generation we have a uh, much more powerful processor there uh it's it's double core process arm processor there and there's enough memory to store the data for more than uh 6 weeks continuously so it's completely standalone and also the that's the reason also that why it doesn't need the Bluetooth connection to your mobile. It only uses it for two to three minutes uh, per day. Okay. Yeah. So it's a you know it's amazing to think how much power it has is packed into a ring. Yes. yes. <laughs> how much computing? If we yeah. ported ourselves back to the 1980s when computers were coming, <laughs> yeah. and went, you know what your yes. computer does? Like this ring does it like thousand times more or whatever. It's like yes. really in a yes. ring. Yeah, double core processor. So you can't figure it. You don't need to go too back, too too much back in, in uh, to the history to, to have the table PC with that <laughs> processing power. So, so yeah, it's it's ridiculous that now it's a full featured computer in this size. Yeah, and, and still the battery takes the biggest biggest part. Basically, more than half of the the ring is battery. So have you contacted Elon Musk yet to talk about batteries? <laughs> would would love to do so. Yes. <laughs> he loves his batteries, so I'm thinking you two should get talking. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, definitely. And and actually we've been exploring also uh, to some extent the energy harvesting technologies all the time so that interesting so like solar power and that yeah. kind of stuff you're talking. Yes. 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 So Hopefully someday there's a ring that we never need to charge. <laughs> Crikey, that's that's proper biohacking, like getting into wearables and implantables, and you know the, where you, yeah, you're taking things to a, a different level to monitor yeah. yourself. Yeah, yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to ask um, also with with uh, some of the data in the ring when you were talking about temperature, knowing when you're going to sleep and when you're waking up. Have mm. you found that? It could be manipulated that, say, if my room is too cold at night, so my bot, my skin temperature is cold, but it's late at night. Could that manipulate the ring to kind of get the wrong time when it thinks I've gone to sleep? Not actually, because anyhow, the ring is is tightly connected to your body. So, so you cannot basically, even if you cool down the room quite much, and if you want to fall asleep, you you go under the blanket and you put your hands also under the blanket. So. So actually, you cannot cannot affect that much on your skin and body temperature variation there. So so it is just that that basically under the blanket you you and you are breathing colder air. So that that helps you to kind of um, get more restorative sleep basically. Okay. So 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 the the warm warmness doesn't doesn't um, oh, let's say coldness of the room helps you to to sleep more more uh restful sleep so that that's basically what happens yeah because yeah, because it's always touted that the ideal temperature of a of a, of your sleep environment is about 18 degrees celsius yeah. so i think in fahrenheit that's 60 something 67 yes. yes somewhere around there yes and 
that's another thing you could quantify with your ring to go like yeah actually you can see your sleep is better when your room temperature is exactly. at x rays yeah yes exactly yeah you can definitely see the difference there so sleep hygiene in in general and and one thing what we've learned is that how important is the timing of your sleep as well so maybe you have heard about this chronotype related discussion and 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 maybe you've read the book by Dr Michael Breos yeah, I got to listen to one of his speeches with the bear, the dolphin, yeah, and exactly. a couple other yes. yeah. yeah, exactly. So he defined those four different chronotypes. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and we've all always known about morning and evening persons. Yeah. So, so there is quite a big difference in the optimal times, optimal bedtimes, optimal wake-up times for those different chronotypes. And, and that is the thing that now we can dig deeper into. So, because we have all those biosignals that are needed to detect your chronotype accurately, and and then then uh, we can give even more personalized guidance to each each user. We can show your optimal bedtime, uh, and optimal wake up time, and also we we derive to the next in the next phases. We we go deeper and deeper, providing you also the understanding that what are the optimal times for your daytime doings. What are the optimal meal times? What are the optimal high intensity exercise times for you? And, and so on. And, and those all are related to your chronotype, which actually reflects the, the, the hormonal balance. That's incredible. So that, you know, what you're going on here is I've had a previous guest on the show with circadian biology or body yeah. clock researcher. Yes. yes. And what I'm hearing here is is that you're able to use the the data from the ring again to, and you know chronotype to sort of profile someone as to mm. if they're a morning or evening person, and then say, mm. "Hey, your your feeding window should be between here and here, and yes. you sh- and you're better to work out at between this time and this time versus this yes. time and this time." Exactly, exactly. It's like customizing your life. It, yeah, exactly, and understanding better that what is what is especially in the context of sleep timing. Because there's big difference that if you if you even half an if you go to sleep even half an hour earlier and and closer to your chronotype and optimal bedtime, then then the amount of deep sleep can be twice as as in the case of UK you you go to sleep half an hour later or something like that. So so that is what we see from the data, and 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 that's really powerful. Because it has huge effect on the restorativeness of your sleep mm. in that case. Uh, so, so the, these these rhythms are that's what we found out that the rhythms have. It's one of the biggest things that affects your sleep quality. So, are you also able to see things that disturb your rhythms, like jet lag when you travel? Yes, yes, we can we can see that. Um, so again, those biosignals, of course, and sleep patterns, of course, they reflect that, and 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 we get the time difference from from the change in your mobile mobile phone time. Ah, that's so, cool. So even yeah. the phone gives you some more information. Yes, yes, exactly. So then we can we can see that okay, this is about about jet lag, and 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 we've been. We've been planning to to also release this kind of programs that you can start a program, like in a case that you are traveling several um, time zones somewhere else. So so how you could start preparing for that change? So shifting shifting your sleep time 
uh, step by step and, and still stay very well performing and so on. So, so slowly adjusting, helping to adjust to the new time zone. And then in the new location, how you can, how you can quickest, uh, kind of adapt yourself and, and see that when you fully adapt it. So that's, that's just kind of a sam- example of a program that, that we will be delivering someday as well. Not, not, not when we le- launch or, or start delivering the, the rings, but this is the kind of the example of the things that in the software side we can do later mm-hmm. on and will do later on. Well, I already love, you know, the app when it, um, it gives you little messages in the morning and yes. asks you questions or tells you things. And I, I mm. still remember the one that really surprised me was when I, I did eat some, a meal quite late, like snacking mm. or something. Yes. And it asked yes. me the next day, Hey, did you eat something late last night? Cause your heart <laughs> rate was very late last night. Yes. And I just thought, well, that's weird. How did, how did that <laughs> know that I, I ate something? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so that's, that's not common knowledge either that the time when you reach the lowest resting heart rate is actually very meaningful so so and it reflects many things that's that are happening in your body and also that from the restorativeness of your sleep perspective it's really important because if if you reach if your body reaches the lowest resting heart rate in the first half of the night then after reaching the lowest resting heart rate all the time until you wake up that is like like recharging your batteries so so then then it's it's uh, um it's it's very good from the recovery perspective so so it's it's uh, building your capacity and and your your hormonal and balance and and everything like that yeah, that's good to hear. So that's how people can understand why the why the aura ring tells you when your heart rate lowest heart rate was and why it's such an important feature. It's like you can yes. see it in the graph, it's so blatant, like yes, this is yes. it's yes. very prominent. And the understanding yes. is to say you want that to be at a certain time earlier on in or middle in the evening because yes. you have to hit that low to then think of when you any time thereafter you're actually charging up your battery, you're getting better again. Exactly. So you exactly. need a longer period, not yes. a short period. Yeah, yes, like exactly. when you eat too late. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So, and also in that aspect, we we humans we are all unique. So, so there is no kind of generalization for that. That what is your metabolic rate in the evening? So there is variance between people. Mm-hmm. So then the only way is to find find it out yourself. That what is good for you. So what time I should eat my my latest meal in the evening before I go to sleep so that you have enough time to digest, but also going even to, to the level of the quality of what you eat. So is it protein or, or how much fat and, and so on. So that what is the, how your body is capable of metabolizing that and digesting it before you go to sleep so that it doesn't disturb your sleep. Have you seen any, because a lot of people listening to this, you know, are interested in diets and food types. Yeah. So, so it's already got me thinking, have you seen a trend line or characteristics of different ways of eating and what it does to sleep? At least. Um, so, I you know, the ketogenic diet is a yeah. big one and yes. ketones and brain health. That's yes. going to be my first one. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And also that uh, intermittent fasting. Yeah. I can yeah. definitely see the benefits of that. 
as well. Um, and the benefits on the ring in the sleep is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. In the sleep, sleep quality and the restorativeness of, of sleep, how well you recover during the sleep. Uh, so basically all the signals uh, give you kind of positive, positive indication that, that this intermittent fasting is good for you. So I, I basically do it continuously and also sometimes longer, longer fasting periods. So for me, it's quite easy. But then it's up to, up to every, every individual that whether you skip your breakfast or, or whether you skip some other meal. So what is the kind of period that is most useful for you? Mm. Uh, for me, I normally eat my, my, my last meal in the evening between seven, seven and eight PM. And then I eat the next time during the lunchtime next day or, or even, even in the afternoon. So that is what works for me very well, and, and also that uh, increases my performance, mental clarity, and, and so on. So this is I'm just trying to get more uh, cool information here to say to people: if you're wearing the ring, don't just think of it as only sleep and the stages of sleep. You know, you could extrapolate so much information from this, and even look at like, okay. I've got this ring. I could even sort of test different diets and see what it does to my different health parameters. Just how fascinating would that be to go, you know, people usually use diet to think of weight loss or something else, but yes, but this is the first time I'm also hearing that actually you, you know, take, change your diet and see what it does to your quality of sleep and Mm. you can quantify it by using the information from the ring. Yes, yes, and and resting heart rate curve over yeah. the night, HRV curve over the night, and see which one's better okay. for you. Yeah. yeah, exactly. To understand, so so there are so many things, so many biosignals that reflect that clearly between the nights. So so it's, I think it's a very simple tool uh, for that kind of uh, self reflection mm. and, and becoming more aware of of what is good for me, and even even what quality of food is good for me. Do I do I have certain allergies? So, so, um, and, and so on. So, for example, gluten. I think many people, even though they are not celiacs, they may be a little bit sensitive for gluten. So uh, that's the case for me as well. So if I take something where is gluten, like bread or pastries and yeah. 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 My resting heart rate raises and, and, and my HRV goes down and, and it, it, uh, my, my sleep quality becomes really, Rest, uh, rest, uh, restful. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, uh, I lose the restfulness of. Yeah, the, you're restless. Yeah, you're restless. Yeah, it's restless. Yeah, that, that I love that again. So you might not have celiac disease or syndrome, um, mm. but you could see that the gluten is actually creating an irritant to your body because your heart is working harder yeah. and your sleep yes. quality has changed. So you, you yes. could quantify. Yes, actually, bread and pastries they don't mm. agree with me too well, mm. or a yes. big pizza late at night with my with my buddies and i can see what it yeah. does to my, my yes yeah yes and it's it's also like uh, how you want to help your melatonin secretion taking something that contains tryptophan so so you know there they are carbohydrates and they are proteins and and, and so on that that has has the uh, has tryptophan in them some so uh, it's kind of finding that what is best for me and also like like also how much magnesium I should take to how much, how it affects my, the restorativeness of my sleep and, and so on. So, so yeah, exactly. As you said, there are many things that we can just try very simply 
and see how how our body responds responds to to those things. And that's why I also want to maybe try to get across to people who have the ring already. Like you could do so much more with the ring if you aren't yeah. already. Like yes. play yes. with it. You've got it. You own yes. it. Yes. You get information. Like you can. Yeah. You do tons of little n equal one experiments yes. with yourself and see yes. what it does, and use the ring as a as a way to quantify it. Exactly. And and we are going to provide this kind of an um, opportunity to use the kind of programs in the app as well. So from three days to even two weeks programs that you can you can uh, explore yourself or you can you can target, for example, increasing amount of deep sleep or or some other things uh, that you want to improve. And then the app will help you uh, become more aware of those things that are affecting and helping you to reach your the target that you are you are doing. Okay, so yeah, yeah. You, you can. So you're saying you might be able to unlock targets, goal, health goals in the app, mm. and then it goes right. Uh, this is the way. If you want to change that parameter, like you mentioned, yes. deep sleep. If you want more deep sleep, mm. um, this, th- try these things to see if it yes. could improve it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, and and um, and someday I hope that that. Um, that we can kind of um, multiply this kind of um, collaborations that we have with coaches. So, so we already have uh, kind of affiliate partners and, and, and coaches and doctors who use the ring, and, and they can they can go even deeper in the personalized guidance that that they can provide to their mm-hmm. clients that are using the ring. So, so now already it is possible to a doctor, for example, or coach to to go the remotely see that how their clients are doing through our cloud interface and now we will we are developing also kind of a team view or a group view there so that if you have multiple you have a team of players or you have multiple clients then you can you can quickly glance and see how they are doing and if you see some of the signals in the in the top level that okay now the readiness score dropped down and sleep quality dropped drop, dropped down then you can dig deeper into the details and and see what's happening and, and send them a message or, or give you a call that, okay, uh, what's going on and, and try this kind of thing and, and, and it helps you to, to recover quicker. That's very cool. So it's, you know, the way I would an analogy here, I'm thinking, so like I go have a blood test and I, and you know, you get, you get a sheet of paper with all the numbers and then you need a, a professional to read the numbers and interpret the numbers. And this is like what the aura ring is doing. It's giving all, it's giving a sheet of paper with all the information and you can have a professional come in and get even more info out of that to help yes. guide you. So yes. with personalized coaching in that sense. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Hmm. Um, what are some, just briefly, maybe some common things that you've discovered through aura that negatively affect sleep quality or quantity? So, for example, I've noticed that alcohol mm. makes my heart rate go up. Yes, yes. Um, so I, I've quantified. Okay, great. I, it, I'll have some wine at night, but I know mm. that it's going to affect my sleep, my yes. heart rate on the sleep score. Are there yes. any other common things that you could tell people that you've noticed so that they they're aware of? Yeah, like the effect effect of blue light of course so so using blue light blockers or or uh, the uh, flux or some other software on your pc or displays what you are watching so at least 
like in in my case, my deep sleep doubled after I started using those Swanvix, and, and I've been using Eflux all the time. But uh, as long as I had had it available, but but still still uh, having Swanvix, it it doubled my deep sleep. Uh, uh, sorry, Pedro. I, I after the show, I'll give you a link to Iris. That uh-huh. you, you're gonna love it. Uh-huh. Okay. It's gonna great. it's gonna it's gonna take your blue blocking to a whole new level on your computer. But ah, and, okay, yeah. but already yeah. I love that that you say that you've been able to quantify, yeah, if you get exposed to artificial light at night, that it, yes. it definitely does influence the quality of your exactly. your deep sleep, your your numbers yes. there. Yeah. Yes. And and also but I I have to say that it doesn't affect all people. So there are like I would say those those bears uh in the chronotype definition by uh, Dr. Michael Breos. Bears are people that can sleep whenever they want and wherever they want. They always get the same amount of deep sleep. Their body temperature doesn't, doesn't change that much, and so so they can they, they are not affected by by these kind of things. They are not that sensitive. But um, lions, at least me, I, I'm I'm very early person, and 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 those artificial light in the evening it affects me a lot. So, so it varies between people. So everyone have have to find out that that what affects affects me. But one thing is also uh, late exercise. So if you do very intensive exercise quite late in the evening, uh, for majority of people that affects their sleep quality as well, because their the resting heart rate is is higher than normally when they go to sleep, and they reach the lowest resting heart rate later. Um, in the morning and, and maybe not even reach the, the normal level of, of their resting heart rate average over the night. And, and that affects the sleep quality and restorativeness of sleep. Uh, and, and in some cases, like my co-founder who is doing CrossFit, he was exercising too late in the evening for his chronotype. And, and, and the, basically he could show that every night when he had exercised, the previous evening, he lost all the deep sleep. Hmm. Yeah. So, so, and also, of course, different food have different effects on different people. So, so uh, we already discussed about that. Yeah, we did. Yeah. So I love it. Yeah, that. Um, again, it just shows. You know, it's all personalized. Sleep is personalized, hmm. and it's unique to you. And you're able to sort of get your own numbers and then start testing to see if different things as simple as nighttime light or when you work out how much mm. that influences your sleep and you can make a decision to change that today and yes. that's what that's exactly what this whole podcast is about is to is to use current information so that people can make a decision today on their health if they want to and i exactly. really like that yeah again, who would have thought just from a ring you could start <laughs> doing that just by wearing a a sleep tracking ring that suddenly you could go, ah, yeah, I'm going to change a habit in my life now because this, you mm. know, I'm able to get the numbers and it tells me so. Yeah. Empowering uh, individuals is our mission. <laughs> um, I think, I, I, you know, I've, I've loved this podcast because, and this is actually one of my longest ones so far now. So I, but I just want to do, <laughs> I just want to do um, maybe one more section, which is to do with EMFs. So mm. I know this, you, you probably have, You've had to deal with this before, and I've had some um, people from EMF Warrior, Scott Compton. He's talked about EMF awareness and hygiene, and that was also one of my 
definitely my concerns. You know, I, I deal with a lot of technology around me too. Yes. I have to with my kind of work. And so I've never owned a wearable until Aura. You're, this mm. is my first ever wearable. And the reason is also I didn't like the idea that I'm Bluetoothing myself or EMFing myself all yes. the time. And yes. It was nice to know that I can put this into aeroplane mode. So yes. that's why I said it's only not in aeroplane mode when I'm charging in the morning and then it syncs yes. with the app and then it goes back yes. again. And yes. Um, yes. is that something that, as a technology company that you were conscientious of, that you actually thought of for users who would be concerned of the EMF situation? Yeah, it, it's uh, there, it was one other reason to to kind of make it as a standalone device. Um, I've I've been aware of those things quite some time, and and when I when we built our house, you see, we we are living in a log house. And, and so you're not we, in your because you said you were in a, you had a sauna before this. So you're not in the sauna right now, are you? No, no, it's <laughs> our log house. Actually, this is our music room, so we we play music here and so on. So, okay. so it's very good acoustics and, and so on. But anyhow, um, so and we don't have wireless LAN here in, in the house at all. We have fixed fixed local area network. Um, so you cable your computer. You don't use Wi-Fi. No, I don't use. We don't use fi- Wi-Fi. So so. I just want to live very natural life and uh-huh. I, I enjoy being in nature and so on. So I don't just feel comfortable. I don't know. Of course, EMF is affecting different people in different ways and it's difficult to measure, but still, if you can avoid it, why don't you do mm-hmm. it? So, so that was the thinking also behind the ordering that we want to minimize any exposure to, to anything unnecessary. So therefore, we we wanted to optimize and and even even kind of it was hard to to develop also the app so that it it doesn't interact with the user that much. So it's it's kind of a little bit counter-effective in that sense that that you know how many majority of the apps they they require your attention all the time. Yeah, they're always trying and, to give you notifications and try exactly, to get you to engage exactly. with it. Yeah. yeah. So so we wanted to do it completely opposite way. So that it gives you meaningful insights whenever you need, but it doesn't disturb you on the on the other times. So, so being this kind of a, um, respecting your your own time and, and uh, having that kind of aspect, and also that it is also from as as a ring that it doesn't disturb you in any way. So wearing comfort is high; it doesn't cause any. Any problems and, and you are not exposed to, to any EMF as well. So, so that's why we optimized how much it uses the, the Bluetooth connection. And, and that's why it refines all the data in the ring itself. So the, it only needs to send out to the mobile refined data just for visualization. Okay. So, yeah. And I guess that some people listening can hear that. Even though the Ring has Bluetooth functionality, it's not trying to connect with the phone all the time like other Bluetooth devices where it's trying to search and connect, is it? Actually, it has this, uh, it, it's called advertising mode. So so, so every every Bluetooth device, they, they send out kind of a short burst uh-huh. uh, every now and then to check that whether there is a mobile to connect or some other Bluetooth device to connect. But but if it's in the airplane mode, then it doesn't send anything. Mm-hmm. And also that if there's longer period of 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 um, 
kind of a no movements time, like in the night. So it automatically switches off uh, the Bluetooth connection as well. So it's, so it's not advertising when you're sleeping? Because no. no, that no, is what people would think, oh, I've got this near my head, like I've got my hand up near my yeah, head and it's no, beaming, it's, it's trying to send signal, Bluetooth signals yeah. out all the time. No, 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 not at all. Okay, so yeah, this so this is the smart aspect of the device where it goes, oh, the the, the wearer is asleep, therefore st- we don't need to transmit Bluetooth. Exactly. Yeah, yes. and this and this is also why people don't well, if they if you do have people who have their phone next to them in bed, mm-hmm. they can put the phone in airplane mode. It doesn't need to be connected to no, the ring no, to, to yes. get the best connection or anything. Exactly. Yeah. No, no, it doesn't need continuous connection to the mobile. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, it's um, I I like to hear that the company is considering emfs too because it, it's like with the new age world we've got to get this balance i feel between advancing with technology but also there are some health potential health de- mm. detrimental effects from it so how do we get the best of both worlds and mm. i love the idea that i'm still in control of my tech and i can say stop like exactly. airplane mode is stop i'm you know yes. i don't want yes. you on right now exactly um, so it's, yeah because i don't think there's many other wearables that kind of consider that out there too which is what i again i found unique with aura thinking well that's nice that they're actually allowing me as the user to have control of my device and say yes on or off yeah yes yes yeah i don't i don't know any other wearable device that would would allow that yeah Yeah. so again a lovely thing you know good praise for aura saying thank you for giving us the user this that opportunity to uh Hmm. to actually have control of our device too yes Yes. Yeah. Um, so just the last uh, bit here now was to say I I was lucky enough to get Aura One and the the Generation One, and I got onto the I've got the second one coming in April. I'm really excited mm. for my one coming out, mm. and I love it that I even saw today now um, the company Aura is still sending me emails to say, hey, I got email number two today to, to let me know about my pre order. You know, you haven't left me in the dark about it too, which mm. I love. And yes. I lo- yeah, the latest, I'm looking at it right now, the newsletter, and you've actually opened up the ring so I can see everything that's inside the ring. And it, mm. it's, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay. God, again, yes. you've managed to cram all of that into a yeah. ring. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. It's, it's cool to so- show the technology because it's, it's hard to, actually, it's hard to even, even comprehend that, that what it requires. I, d- I don't know any other uh, device measuring the, the uh, BBT signal uh, that could do it so much as, as than this this can do. So continuous measurement of your uh, all this uh, pathway from characteristics for fourteen hours a day for seven days uh, continuously. So it's it's something that other devices they are just taking samples maybe per ten seconds or per minute or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um. We haven't got on to the activity tracking, but I, I won't go too much into that. Um, I wanted to really focus on the sleep, but if anyone's listening again, yeah, it does also measure activity levels and um, it, it, calories I, 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 and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't particularly use it mainly for that. I, I, I use it mainly to quantify my sleep, but yeah, there's mm. even, again more information that comes from that. Um, what are some of the links that listeners should um, follow to keep in touch with a company or yourself um, that you'd like to share for the show notes? Yeah, so the main website is auraring.com, O-U-R-A ring.com. And then, then there you can find more information 
There are actually multiple blog posts about chronotypes, circadian alignment, HRV, and, and so on. This, this HRV blog post, for example, it's, it's so many people reading it every day. Uh, it's hundreds these days, hundreds of people reading it every yeah. day. I was the HRV person too. You know, that's what yeah, got me yeah. with the ring. So yeah, it's so we, we tried to, to make it very simple to read so that people can comprehend that what is the HRV, what is the meaning of HRV and so on. Because we, and, and, and we were capable of doing it because we have more than 20 years of experience in, in applying HRV in a meaningful ways. So this, this Hannu Kinnunen, our chief scientific officer, so he, he's been doing kind of pioneering work on that in, in Polar for a very long time. And, and, uh, and also that Polar was one of the first companies that kind of brought that HRV into the world, uh, in, in, in a case of kind of using it for performance optimization and, and so on. Cool. All right. Well, I will link to the, the Aura blog where people can read all the blog posts uh, yeah. in the show notes. Yes. Yes. Um, just want to say thank you again so much for sharing all that knowledge. Uh, that was yeah one of my longest podcasts so far, but <laughs> I think it was very important because, I mean, there's, again, even more information I could have spoken about with sleep and yes. we could have delved up, but uh, that would be like a, a whole day seminar of listening but I, yes, yes. <laughs> but Petri, yes. thank you again so much for coming thank on you. for today. Thank you very much. I enjoyed a lot. Thank you. Thank you.